the single most biggest mistake that beauty professionals make when it comes to marketing is they don't do it or they think they have off. They think that it's not a 24-7 job. So if you are in the service industry and you don't get a guaranteed paycheck, your whole financial life depends on servicing clients. So you do nails, you do hair, you do massages, you do esthetician work, you do makeup, barbering, any of these type of things. And this goes even further to life coaching. I had a few clients that were psychotherapists starting their own practice. When you have to get clients to sit in your chair, lay on your couch, lay on your table, whatever it is, when you need to have a warm body there to pay for it at the end of the service and you don't think that you need to be marketing every minute of every day, every time you're awake, then you're wrong. You'll fail. And I've seen it time and time and time again. The reason why I even bother to give marketing classes, talk to people about marketing. I've gone to countless beauty schools and given lectures for free just to get the kids going so that they know, hey, they're not going to tell you this at beauty school, but when you get out, you could do the fastest set of nails. You could do the best press and curl you could do the best eyeliner anything but if you don't know how to get clients to know that you're doing it the best I mean I'm gonna see you at the bank or I'm gonna see you at the end of my shopping aisle and you're gonna be asking paper or plastic I don't even know if they do paper or plastic anymore <laughs> anyway I bring my own bags but the, the point of this is that 90 days that's three months three months after beauty school after people receive their license they usually give up and then they have to go get a job that they hate for the man something at minimum wage something that, you know that they don't like because this has happened to me over 50 times 50 or more people have called me for my classes or consulting work and said nausea I've been working at the bank for 35 years nausea I've been working at the phone company for 35 years nausea I've been uh, a mortgage broker for 25 years. I keep renewing my hair license. I keep renewing my nail license. I keep it current, but I got into this job because I had kids and I needed steady income. I had kids and I needed the health benefits. And that's completely understandable. However, if they had the tools in the beginning, they might have been able to stay in the craft that they love instead of after 30 years trying to now get back into it. Do you know how hard that is? All the styles have changed. The tools have changed. Now, customer service has stayed the same, but the biggest thing that's changed is the internet and, and utilizing social media and stuff. And someone that's been working at the bank for 30 years that's calling me now or working at you know, AT&T, uh, it's, it's an uphill battle. I can surely help them, and I do, but I want to speak to the people now that have their license and are working and are trying and are grinding so that they understand that Coca-Cola, Instagram, Pinterest, Supreme, all of these companies that we love and see all over the place, they have a marketing team. There's a marketing team of at least three to more people. They have budgets 
in the hundreds of thousands to 30, 60 million, sometimes billions. Sometimes a commercial costs 30 million on its own. This is a huge, huge company and a huge, huge business. You are just one person. But don't come to me and say, well, I'm just one person. I have to do it all on my own. I'm doing it all on my own. I'm doing this podcast right now, right now in the car, driving to go get my hair cut. I'm doing it on my own. This is part of my marketing. I'm going to get my hair cut. I need to look fly. That's part of my marketing. When I'm at that barber shop, I'm making a video with the barber who's cutting my hair. Part of marketing. And I also have three other people in there that I'm going to talk to them about the booking app that I think that could bring them more value. All marketing. So I don't need any, I'm only one person. But believe me, I say that all the time in the beginning of my career because it is very, very overwhelming. But I'm here to tell you that it must be done. So there's very easy, practical ways so that you can be marketing 24 hours a day or at least every moment that you're awake and then the other things can be marketing that you put into place. But I'm not here to say, grind, grind, grind and have no life, you know, become a workaholic and don't have time with your family or friends or or let your body go and don't take care of your health. I'm not an advocate for that. I'm an advocate for balance. I'm an advocate for serenity. I'm an advocate for peace. Now in the beginning, if you have your license right now and you are starting out trying to get a full clientele, trying to learn what it is to get consistent cash and repeat clients. You have five clients or you have 10 clients or you have 10, zero. The important thing to know is that in the beginning, yes, it will be a real struggle and an uphill battle. However, once you learn those marketing techniques and what works, you transfer it over to other things in your business as well. So I can be dropped off anywhere in the world, in the slums of Kinston, Jamaica, in the Royal Palace in Dubai, a Bodunk uh, place in Kentucky, a posh place in LA, you know, Brooklyn, street style New York. It doesn't matter. I am going to get a full book of clients within six to eight months and I will stake money on that because the principles remain the same. The principles also remain the same when you're doing other work. I had a radio show called Nail Talk Radio for about three to four years. I used the same principles of how I used to get clients in my chair to do their nails, how to get clients to be interviewed on the show advertisers how to pay for space same principles same principles that I use now for telling people about my services and classes and how I can help their business same principles and the principles boil down to a few key things one that I always like to talk about for the beauty professionals especially if you're in any type of beauty industry you need It's not a should. I don't like to operate on shoulds. I operate on needs. You need to look the part at all times. I've said before, if you have a beauty license, 
a license to ill, you know? When you got your license, you signed it, you signed a contract, an unwritten contract that I'm enforcing that you need to represent the beauty business at all times. Oh, but Naja, sometimes I have to have off days, sometimes I have to shut down, I agree. Oh, but Naja, some days I'm just really depressed, I'm just not feeling. Uh, yeah, I felt like that three hours ago before I started this. Uh, but Naja, sometimes, you know, uh, this and that. Uh, listen, life is not for the faint of heart. If you want to be awake and aware and not just, you know, face down in a bottle of codeine or some other dumb delusional life, it is not for the faint of heart. If you want to be aware and awake of yourself and what's really going on on this planet Earth, this materialistic place, yeah, things are going to happen. Life will happen. People will die. People will break your heart. There will be great celebrations. Clients will come. Clients will go. Your staff will steal from you. Your staff will do great things for you. Life is going to happen. And you need to plan for that. So you can't tell me, oh, I was just running out to the store real quick. This is how this really came about. Because I gained a little bit of fame from being on a TV show, L.A. Hair, a reality show for five seasons. So that made my fame go out from just the beauty trade shows. Because I already had a really good following and respect level there. Now, when I, I realized, oh, when I go to the dollar store, when I go somewhere, someone might want to take a picture with me. So I'm like, oh, I can't be rolling there looking ridiculous and, you know, with no bra on and stuff, just, you know, being loose, running around. Because I used to like that. I used to like to rebel. I used to go to Burning Man while everyone else was dressing up in all these crazy costumes. I loved to look, just look like, you know, sloppy and crazy because I would dress up for a living. You know, I moved to L.A. from Jersey and I realized, oh, you've got to really like dress out here and people respect you. Now it's a little bit different. Now it's way more about, um, you know, status, status and clout. If you have status and clout, you're good. And that's also something that I learned from growing up in the, the gay culture and the, the gay nate clubs. That there's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful faces and, and carters there. However, the person that all those lost little children, you know, that a lot of times their parents disowned them, didn't want to deal with them because they were gay. And they, the club was their life. And the people that the young gay kids looked up to in the clubs were usually the big old queens you know big black dudes with big bellies not really conventionally attractive faces but what made them so attractive and so alluring and so helpful to all of us lost children was their confidence their confidence and their self-resilience and their self-awareness that is what really helps so why I always go back to this dressing the part, and I don't mean you have to have on high heels and a three-piece suit and everything perfectly coiffed at all times. I do that when I'm getting paid to go stand on stage and speak, and I'm going to do an appearance. So yeah, I better appear. I better show up, look and write, take photos with people. You know, a lot of people come up to me, oh, I know you're probably so tired of taking photos. I'm scared. I'm sorry. Like I'm asking you for a photo and I tell them the truth. Girl, I have on this tight push-up bra and, and 
you know, this mascara and all this jewelry and stuff to take pictures. I'm here to take pictures with you. So if you ever see me out, you can always come up to me. If I'm eating, I'm not going to take off my bib because I do use a bib, but I'll still take a picture with you. But the dressing is important because you never know who you're going to meet, what you're going to see, and how that person can get into your chair. So if you're someone that's like, oh, I'm not making enemy ends meet. I don't have enough clients and all this and you still think that you can go to the supermarket with your grease down headscarf on your ratty old you know house coat sundress that looks like you know it should now be cut up and used for a rag to clean the kitchen and your you know messed up house shoes that were never they shouldn't even be worn in the house and now you're at the grocery store getting a pack of chicken that's a true story I meet people like this all the time and they're like oh 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 my god oh my god I saw you on LA hair I really love your work I love this and can, can I get a picture I know I look crazy I know I look crazy I actually do hair I actually open up um, a braid bar you know right around the corner blah, blah blah and I was like oh yeah okay what's your Instagram so take a picture with her look at her on Instagram I get on Instagram and this woman looks like Rihanna dressed to the nines in every Instagram photo Yet, when she's at the grocery store, when there's potential hair clients there, when me, I'm a potential hair client because I was looking for a braider at the time to do a good photo shoot, she looks like, I mean, be below, below a cafeteria worker with a hairnet on. It was tragic. And I'm like, uh-uh. I got to speak to the people and let them know. Now, does she need to get dressed up to go buy a pack of chicken at the grocery store on her day off in high heels, fishnets, lashes and contoured like a damn dry queen no i'm not saying that i'm saying pick out your outfits for off days that's what i do i have a couple cool stretch pants that i like a couple good shirts one that's even baggy so that i could wear like a cami and not even a bra but it still looks fine some glasses and a pair of earrings and i still look set people still say oh you look so nice and i could be you know crying behind my shades i crawled there i begged myself and used all the strength that god could muster up for me to get out of the house that day because i was suffering from depression but do i still look presentable yes i'm not uncomfortable in these clothes this is called my uh, i don't want to live outfit then I have a PMS outfit. Then I have an outfit for a job interview. Then I have an outfit when I want to go and speak to students at schools. Then I have an outfit when I want to go close a deal. Then I have my show outfit. Is that so hard? Because I'm posting these things on Instagram and people are like, oh my God, that's such great advice, but it's really hard. What is hard? I know life is hard. I've suffered from depression more than you can even imagine unless you also suffer for depression because don't bother talking to people about that stuff they you're like oh you know just get over it it's not it's i mean if it <laughs> i would if i could but when people are like, oh but it's just so hard it's not hard i'm giving you the the plan right now go in your closet right now you don't need to go buy anything else go in your closet right now while you're listening to this and listen to these steps now go in your closet you're going to go in there and you are going to pick out five solid outfits. And some of them might be in your drawer because they might be your sweatpants that you've fold up or your little workout pants or something like that. That's going to be for your off day, but you still look good. Your hair is all messed up. You're going to wear a headscarf and some big hoops. You're going to wear a hat 
toes aren't done, men and women, don't wear open-toe shoes. The flip-flops aren't going to be for today. You're going to wear some socks and sneakers. This is not a hard thing to do to always look presentable. There's lots of times, like I said, I don't want to live. I don't want to present myself. I think I have nothing to offer. This is a human conditioning, the byproduct of a very traumatic childhood that I'm working on. But do I allow the world to see that? And it's more than just visual. Yes, I'm saying we're in the beauty industry and you need to look correct. But that's a byproduct of looking correct. What I really want you to do is take pride in yourself and put those earrings on, put that hoodie on. Look presentable so that you feel presentable. So that when you're out at the grocery store and someone compliments your earrings and you're like, you don't need to say, oh girl, I feel terrible. I just put these on, you know, trying to make it out of the house. No. You say, oh, thank you very much. Hey, I like your hair or I like your nails. Here's my card. I work down the street. This is why I want you to look good. I want you to put a little respect and pride into yourself no matter how you're feeling so that you can feel good and constantly and always be ready to get clients because if you're not doing that i'm telling you right now you're a fool and you're gonna fail because do you get a guaranteed paycheck i don't if you got a guaranteed paycheck okay fine go look however you want put in little subpar work and collect your coins but if you don't get a guaranteed paycheck and you're out at the grocery store and there's millions of heads and hands there faces to paint and you don't think that you want to try to get clients there just by striking up a regular old conversation. You know, it's like you have to constantly be thinking like this, not thinking, oh, on Mondays I market. Yes, on Mondays can be your marketing day and you can come up with strategies, contact local businesses, but it's more important that you're ready at all times. I'm ready at all times with my phone. You know, I never let my phone battery die ever. And I mean ever. I have you know, every kind of cord. I have all those extra chargers in case there isn't a plug to plug things in. Like this is 2018. When people say, I couldn't find an outlet to plug in my phone. It's like, I mean, dude, there are these little things that you keep in your bag or your purse or your car that you just plug in that you don't need a plug because it's already charged. So the reason why I do that is two reasons. One is I'm in business. This phone is giving me calls from every city in America trying to get me work. So I'm going to let it die. That's dumb. And even if I wasn't that, if I was still in the salon 24 hours a day trying to get clients, anyone could be calling. And you're going to say, oh, my phone died. That's the most embarrassing, ridiculous excuse I've ever heard. Number two is, and this is a funny but truthful scenario. If my phone were to die and I had no phone, no access to my camera, guess what? That is the day that I would finally cross paths with Johnny Depp. And I would not be able to take a photo. I would not be able to memorialize it. And I would not be able to retire my nippers and my clippers for good. Because that's what I said I will do. I never need to cut another nail or nip another dry cuticle if I get to meet Johnny Depp. It's not even if I get to do his manicure if I meet him. So I always think about that. Oh, my phone's on 5%. Oh, you know, it'll be all right because, you know, there's that. No, no. So those are two big key things for marketing and we haven't even got into the deep plan of marketing. One, get the five outfits together. There is no reason you should ever, 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 I don't care how bad you feel, that you should ever look like trash, ever. I gave you the formula. Don't say, oh, but there's this. 
throw all your ratty clothes away. You don't need them. And the other thing is to keep your phone charged. For God's sakes, phones dying are the most ridiculous thing I could ever imagine. And I learned this way back in the day before Instagram even came out when um, Puffy, remember Puffy? Diddy, he had a... um, a reality show and he had people walking across a bridge to get cheesecake and all that there was a time he like threw somebody out and threw like said you need to have extra batteries that was before they had these like you know portable chargers these like have there's like blackberry time like have three or four extra batteries on hand so your phone never dies like if these two things right here i can end the podcast right now i think i will you could just start with these two things And I'll do another episode and talk even more about marketing. But this is the foundation of it. To get through your head that you don't get a guaranteed paycheck. And if you think going out to a party, going out to, um, you know, shop for supplies, another job interview, you think someone isn't going to compliment your nails or your hair and then you can turn that in to how you can get them to sit in your chair, which I will do in the next episode. And that'll be the elevator pitch. That is something that you're equipped with at all times so that when you look the part, your phone is fully charged and you have business cards on you. That's another thing. People are like, oh, uh, uh, or something, something to say, oh, here, check out my Instagram. But everyone doesn't have Instagram. Older folks, you know, the professional women that I really like to use as clients don't have Instagram. So I'm going to do that in uh, the next podcast, which will be, you know, your utility bill, your armor to be to get clients. But please, let me know if you got into your closet and have some outfits for your off days.